going to be continuing the series, the book of Colossians, and I'll be reading my text in just a few moments, so why don't you shake hands with somebody and then you may be seated. Glad all of you are here today. In this message, I, I want to reserve my text for just a little bit, but how many of you have been on vacation? Anybody ever been on a vacation? Anybody like vacation? Anybody go on vacation and then when you get back from vacation, you need a vacation? <laughs> Vacations can be tiring, but vacations are mostly fun and we go on vacation to places that are of interest or places that have a lot of activities or things that we don't normally involve ourselves in. A number of years ago, people started doing staycations where they just stay home and just take the week off and hang out at the house. I don't want to do that. If I'm not doing anything, I want to go somewhere and do something and have fun while I'm doing it. But there is a difference between being on vacation are going to a destination and actually moving and being there. There is a difference in just going on an occasional trip to Walt Disney World than moving to Florida and living near Disney World. There is a significant difference. People often will work for 30, 40, 50 years of their life doing something that they may or may not be all that happy with and living in a place where they are not all that happy, looking and living for retirement, for this destination that they're going to move to. And then the moment they get uh, free from their job and they're unencumbered by having to work, then they will move to that location. But there's a difference between just having a destination and living in that. For many people, actually, when it comes to spiritual things, they treat Jesus like a vacation destination or a retirement destination, and they, they, they're interested in Jesus, and they have an experience or an encounter with Him, and then they go on about their life, just like a vacation. It may be one week or two weeks out of the year, but the other 50 or 51 weeks of the year, you're just doing your normal thing. But Jesus is not a vacation destination. He is not a person that we have a relationship with or an experience with occasionally or every once in a while, and then we go on about our life. The passage that I'm getting ready to read to you is a passage that deals with this idea of walking with Jesus, or walking, as it would say, in Christ. And it's not a one-time event. It's not an occasional event. It's not an experience that we can check off of a list, but it is an ongoing process. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 through verse 12 is where we'll be reading today. It says this, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. The New American Standard would say it this way, as you have received Christ Therefore, walk in him. 
in the same way in which you did that, or the same way in which you came to Christ, walk in Christ. Verse 7, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong and in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that came from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. So for just the next little bit, I want to preach on walking in Christ. Walking in Christ. There is, as I mentioned, it's not a one-time event. It's not just an occasional thing, but Jesus has called us to walk in Him. To walk in our relationship with Him. And so how can we do that? Understand that there is no salvation apart from Jesus Christ. Therefore, we must walk in Him. So I'm going to give you three ways in which we are to walk in Christ. The first is this. We are to walk in passionate faith. Look at your neighbor and tell him passionate faith. I get this idea and this concept from this, this verse Verses 6 and 7, as you see that listed on your screen, but it says, in the same way that you came to Jesus, walk in Christ. We don't come to Jesus just kind of like, well, you know, I don't have anything else to do. I guess I'll become a Christian. How many of you had an experience like that? You're like, yeah, okay. If you want me to become a Christian, I'll do that. Anybody come like that? For most of us, it was a different deal. It was like, I've got to have Jesus. I've got to come to Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and I need to come to him. And in fact, the word accept in this passage is to seize or to take into one's possession. As a drowning man reaching for a lifeline, we are to seize hold of him, and we are to hold on to him. If you're drowning You don't know how to swim, or maybe you do, but the waves are difficult, and they're big, and somebody's like, hey, do you need help? Well, if you want to. Here's a lifeline. Ah, That's all right. I don't need that. But if we recognize the danger that we're in, we're doing everything in our power to grab a hold of the lifeline. And so it is with Jesus is that when we come to him, we get a hold of him with everything that we have and go, I need Jesus. I was 11 years old when I became or when I was filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it was a message. The guy was preaching. It was a Saturday night, November 12, 1983. The guy's preaching this message and he's he's preaching about the end times and Jesus is soon to come. And I, re- I referenced this recently, but I mean, I had prayed numerous times. And, but that night, 
There was no question that I needed Jesus. And I was scared to death that he was going to come back before I was filled with his spirit. And so in 30 seconds, where I'd prayed for 30 or 40 or 45 minutes other times, but in 30 seconds I was speaking in a language I didn't know. And when that happened, I wasn't like, eh, okay, it's kind of cool. No, I went around everywhere in the church telling everybody I just received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I went up on the platform and I told my dad, who was assistant pastor, and I told the pastor, I just got the Holy Ghost. Because it was important. It was, in, it was something that was essential. What I would tell you is what the Apostle Paul is saying. In the same way that we come to him, we need to continue walking in him. Not just, well... I'll get around to serving God eventually. I'll do this occasionally. But we continue to follow him in the same way in which we come to him. In passionate faith. Not just, eh, whatever. Unfortunately, many people in their walk with God, it's, eh, whatever. There have probably been times in my life where I wasn't very passionate about my relationship and I wasn't passionate about walking with Jesus. But it is a continual process. It's not that one-time event, but it's an ongoing relationship. And I I use this frequently, and it's a common verb tense in the, the New Testament when Paul writes the word walk in him, it's not a one-time thing. It's a present active imperative. It is a command. And what he says in the way in which he writes the word walk is that we are to continually do this. Not do this once a year, not do this occasionally, but walk in him. And Now understand, I'm not talking about, when I say once a week, just coming to church. It's more than that, and you understand that. But it is a daily process of walking with Jesus. It's a daily process of following Jesus. Which is why in our culture when people say, do you believe, are you a believer or are you a Christian? I choose to use the word follower because it's not just I believed at some point or I call myself a Christian because I have to put something down on the application or the survey. But I'm a follower of Jesus. That means where he goes, I go. And where he leads, I follow. It is and should not be a drudgery but a continual passion. You may have seen the old movie, White Christmas. Anybody ever seen the old, that old movie, White Christmas, Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye? Some of you may watch it every year at Christmas time. Beginning of the, the movie there, overseas in World War II, putting on a show for the other soldiers there and The enemy attack begins and Bing Crosby standing near a wall that begins to fall because of the bombing that is going on and Danny Kaye saves Bing Crosby, gets him out of the way of the falling wall and in the process he breaks his arm. So throughout the course of the movie, Bing Crosby is 
constantly having to do things that he doesn't want to do. Because Danny Kay keeps reminding him, oh, my arm. Remember when I... You have to... Being, being Crosby, who's a solo act, now he's got to be... He's got to do this duet with Danny Kay. And throughout the movie, they're always at odds with each other over various things. And Danny Kay constantly reminding him. And Bing is like, oh, man. Quit bringing that up. But if we're not careful, our walk with God can be that way. Yeah, he saved me. But it's a drudgery now that I've got to serve him. I've got to follow him. I can't do this or I can't do that. Because now I'm in this relationship with Jesus. But our walk with God should be a passionate faith where it's not, it's not a drudgery. We don't look back and say, man, just because he did that, I get to... No, he is still in the process of saving, and he is still in the process of delivering, and he is still working on us. He is still blessing us, and he is still pouring out his favor upon us. He is still with us. His presence is real, and his power is real, and he is at work in us. Anybody thankful that he doesn't just save us and leave us? But he saves us and he is with us and he is walking with us and he is, he is asking and encouraging us to walk with him and to walk in relationship with him. And the result of all of this, this passionate faith, is that our roots will, go, will grow strong in the faith and the truth of the apostles. Paul would say this, that our our understanding of truth would go would grow strong it is in fact a passive verb and it says that just if you're walking with him by by default if you walk with him you'll grow strong in truth that just by being in relationship and 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 just kind of continuing with him you'll grow strong in your understanding of God and his word this idea is that we're going to have this deep and wide faith, that it's not a shallow faith that's just wide. It's not a deep faith that is narrow, but it is a deep and wide faith, and our roots will grow down into him. It's like this continuing. If you have a, if you have a piece of string, depending on the size of the string, you can break it, you can pull it hard enough, it'll pop eventually. String that they use on construction sites, these, this twine, that's that single strand. But you add another layer to that. Take a second piece of string and you add it, it becomes a little more difficult to break it, it becomes stronger. Then you add another piece and it becomes stronger. And what Paul is alluding to here is that if you continue to walk in him, you just continue to get stronger. You can continue to get more rooted and more grounded, and nothing then can shake you, and nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. We will have roots that will grow strong, and our life will be built on him, and we will overflow with thankfulness. Paul would say this, that we would recognize in this overflowing with thankfulness, we would recognize his past salvation. 
once again, it's not just something that's in the background of our lives, but we would also recognize his present blessings. Anybody living a blessed life? Anybody on a, on a daily or weekly uh, time frame can look and say, God has blessed me today, and God has blessed me this week, and God has blessed me this month. When we're walking with him, he just continues to pour out his blessings. But not only that, but we're going to overflow with thankfulness because there is a future reward. That we're not walking in this life and it's the end of the story, but there is a future reward called heaven where we will live eternally with Jesus Christ. And as I look at the world around us, More and more, I'm saying, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Even more and more, I'm saying, even so, Lord, take me home. Let's, let's spend an eternity with you where there is no pain, no sorrow, no difficulty, no trials, no trouble, no tribulation. Secondly, and I'm hurrying, we are to walk in his fullness. The passage that I preached from last week, Paul referenced this idea of people being captured with false doctrine and false teaching. And once again, he would say, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. And if you look around in our world, there is a lot of nonsense. I won't name any of that, but you look at our culture and things that make absolutely no sense whatsoever that captures people's minds and captures their attention. But ultimately what he is saying is this, is that there is no other salvation apart from Jesus Christ. So we are to walk in his fullness. Not looking for something else to help us, not looking for something else to be part of our salvation experience, but to walk in Christ, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. And I don't have time to unpack all of that for you today, but this is really the part of the passage that I've taken the, the title of this series, It's All in Him, that everything is in Jesus Christ. There is nothing apart from Him, but in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body, that everything that God is, is living in Christ, in a human form. And he says, because of that, we are then complete in him. We don't need somebody else to help us to get to heaven. We don't need some other thing or some other philosophy, but turning to Jesus only, because he is the head over all rulers and authority. He is over all, and he is in all. We have an enemy that would seek to take us away from truth, that would seek to pull us down and seek to cause us to turn away from Jesus and look to other things in other ways. We have a culture that seeks to move us from truth. We can believe in Jesus. We can follow him and him alone and we will get to heaven. And thirdly, and real quick, we are to walk in new life. I won't elaborate too much here, but 
Paul would say, when you came to Jesus, you were circumcised. Many of you would know what that is in a natural sense. The Jews, it was for them, it was the mark of their identification with the God of the Old Testament that they were following him. And so every male was circumcised. But Paul says, when you came to Jesus, you were circumcised. But not a physical procedure. He said, but Christ performed a spiritual circumcision. And he identifies what that is, the cutting away of your sinful nature. Taking away that inclination that we have to sin and removing us from the law of sin and death and putting in our bodies the law of life. He actually ties that to baptism. How did that happen? For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. This old, this old sinful nature, he said, it was cut away. Put to death the new life, and we were buried in the waters of baptism, and we took upon the name of Jesus we have new life in Christ through that process and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So why do we sin if we have had our sin natures taken away? I would say this, that it is not because God isn't powerful enough to keep us from sin. It's not because he didn't accomplish what Paul says that he accomplished, but it is because we have the memories of our old life. We have the memories and the remembrance of what we used to do and because we live in a culture that is constantly at war with the things of God. And so we give in to those things, but Paul would say we're free from that. Our nature has been changed. We are free to live for Jesus. To walk in newness of life. And so even though we may stumble and fall, and even though occasionally we give in to that, it is not the way in which you and I should live. But we are to walk in new life. That the things of the flesh were to put aside and to, we're to walk in a way that is pleasing to him. In a way that is in alignment with the word of God. If I was to ask the question, how many of you want to walk in Jesus or to walk in Christ? No doubt every hand would be raised. But if we're going to do it, we've got to maintain that faith. Maintain that trust and that commitment to him just like we did at the beginning when we first came to him. We've got to look to Jesus and him alone as the source of our salvation as we walk in his fullness. And we walk in a new lifestyle. And we walk a different path. 
There are things that I have done as the musicians come that are not pleasing to God. And, and even now at the age of 50, if I am not walking in passionate faith, that I can get distracted or I can pick up habits and things that would keep me or hinder me from walking for Jesus and walking like He wants me to walk. And the solution to that is that we would wholeheartedly sell out to following Jesus. That when temptations come, so that's part of that old life. That's not part of the new life. That's part of what I used to be. That's part of what that sinful nature is. And so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go down that path. That if you were an alcoholic in your past, go hang out at the bar the chances of you drinking and getting back into that old lifestyle go way up so it is with everything that's in that old life is that if we start partaking in it we go down those paths we can end up where we were before but God has called us to walk in new life that means that we wholeheartedly give everything to him And I'm convinced that that is the desire of everyone in this room. Would you just bow your heads where you are right now? Father, I pray in this moment today that you would touch every heart and every life in this room. Lord, they're here today, they could be anywhere they chose today to come to be in your house they chose today to come and spend time in worship spend time listening to your word and Lord I feel a special touch of your presence right now Lord I ask you that every person in this room who may be watching online. Lord, that you would give them a resolve to live for you completely and wholeheartedly. That you would issue once again the call to salvation and the the call to commitment, the call to dedicate themselves completely to you. Lord, you are calling us Your spirit is reaching for us. May every person in this room respond to that call today. That call call to go deeper in our relationship with you. That call to walk in passionate faith. That call to seek you and you alone. That call to walk in new life that only you can give. That only you can help us to live 
Lord, I pray right now that everyone would make that commitment today. Not a commitment that they would just say, I made a commitment and I prayed a prayer. But that it would be an ongoing prayer and an ongoing commitment. Lord, I give everything to you. I give everything to you. I give all of myself to you. Lord, I withhold nothing back, but I give it all to you today. Every part of my life I dedicate to you today. and Every relationship in my life I dedicate it to you today. And every hour of my day I dedicate it to you today. I give you everything. I give you everything, Jesus. Would you make that prayer in your own words right now? Would you just lift your voice, your hands, your heart to the Lord? And would you make that dedication, Jesus, we give ourselves to you.